Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. I don't, I'm not sure we need to update the opener, but it's not totally accurate. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studio <laughs> and the Carl Clausen Sponsored Basement. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> should we should we change it or just just wait? You what know do you what, think, Carl? Uh oh, Carl. Well, I guess it is accurate because no. Carl isn't coming from no. his basement. Where'd he go? I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm letting oh you. I'm letting Allie be a character uh, for okay. a little bit. Letting her hang oh. out there. Letting her, letting her be a character. Okay. How, how are You're you feeling? You're a character, Allie. I'm doing good. I'm, good. I was talking to Superdive before I came on air here, and uh, I'm really happy to announce that I think what I got was an exotic flu from the Middle East. Ah. Oh, excuse you. Mm-hmm. Sure, but <laughs> yeah, I am broadcasting from the basement. I'm finally feeling pretty good last night a fever broke and so yeah i'm coming back to life a little bit and i'll be in there on monday i promise you that that's good well happy to have you back and i'm glad you're feeling better it's good to be back i feel a little bit better i'm still all goofed up on time frame so i've been up for many hours let's just put it that way okay but we're good that's good and it's freedom friday it's freedom friday yes freedom friday a lot of good stuff going on here today a ton of stuff going on so Excited about it. What are we jumping into, Allie? Well, what's on your heart to talk about? I'll tell you what's on my heart. Four attributes of a disciple. You know, what I want to do coming up, I want to surprise you with an attribute of discipleship that is, I benefited so much from being in the Holy Land this time. You know, I tell people, you've got to go at least once, and you do, but if you've got the luxury of going more than once, it's probably not a bad idea because my fourth trip now, everything is making sense. I go to these sites and now Bible lands and customs, I mean, everything's just like shoom, locking in together. So it's really been sweet. And one of those revolves around discipleship. So we're going to get into a central passage, an attribute of true disciples. We've been covering four this week. Today is the fourth. And on this Freedom Friday, this fits to a T, Allie. Fantastic. Well, we will do a quick recap if you missed the first three. And for Freedom Friday, we're unveiling a brand new attribute right out of the Word of God. What is it? Carl says it may surprise you a bit. We'll tell you coming up. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Quick reminder that the Israel Flyaway Contest is in full swing. Moody Radio is going to send two people on a tour of the Holy Land, 12-day tour, where we take care of airfare and hotel and some meals. This trip valued over $11,000. So want to make sure you get signed up. Entry form takes about 30 seconds to fill out. One entry form is all you need. Just text the word TRIP to 312-274-9624. Just text the word TRIP. Carl, I know you would endorse getting signed up for this opportunity to win. You just got that back. Is, that is so cool. I, I mean, that's a big giveaway. Yes, it is. That's a big deal. So get your name in the hat. If you aren't prone to texting in, get prone now. Yes. This would be a good time to do it. <laughs> I didn't know if that fit right. Get prone. If you're, so if you're prone... To yeah. admonish someone to be prone to do it, to mm-hmm. get prone, I guess that's I've never heard it used usage. that way, but sure, why not? It works. Get, get yourself proned, man. Become yeah. prone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but so what? Get the text in. Yeah, get it. Text the word TRIP to 312-274-9624. So walking quickly through the week, we talked about being a self-denier. 
We talked about being a scripture consumer yesterday, a love giver. What about today? Okay, I want to set this up because the minute I say this one, it's going to bring dread to people. This one, now this is an attribute of a disciple of Christ. All disciples have these four that we've been tackling this week, and Allie just rightly shared the three that we've already shared. The fourth one, though, is going to bring instant dread, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But here it is, disciple maker. Now, when you hear disciple maker, what picture do you get in your mind? I want you to think about this, Boom Crew, and I'm going to ask Allie and Superdyne Young Thunder to kick this around with me a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I got to tell you, even for me, when you hear, go be a disciple maker, it's an attribute of a disciple. You're a disciple maker. Yeah. It, I get a picture in my mind. Well, Forget the picture in my mind. What's the picture in your mind when you hear disciple maker? And you might have, you guys might have a healthier picture of this in your mind, but I think we all miss it just a, a whole lot, not a little bit, like the broad side of a barn. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I get myself a little anxious sometimes hearing about it because I think of the disciples themselves. I kind of have to leave, uh, you know, all things behind and go out and, and only do preaching. And, you know, that's, that's kind of it. And so I get myself a little anxious because I'm like, oh, man, that's what I'm supposed to do if I'm not thinking about it correctly. Okay, that's that's good. And the fact is there were there was a there's a ton of evidence. These guys laid down their nets, but only for a time in this three year ministry. They also were fishing still. That's true. So that so that's. uh, Yes. And no. (laughs) Yeah. So the laying down principles, we lay down our lives, but we can lay down our lives and keep the day job. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, that's right. Yeah. It's okay. So that's one. Yeah. What else do you got? What conjures up in your mind if I say, super die, you got to go make disciples. It's I, part of the attributes. I feel this pressure that I have to make a Billy Graham. And if I don't, then I've failed. Yeah. Okay. That, that's Garrett. my immediate reaction. Okay. Yeah. I think that's good. <laughs> I, I, and that's not what God's calling us to do because he makes the Billy Grahams, right? Amen. But, but it gets us going that way. Right. We start thinking, oh, man, I've got to make a Billy yeah. out there somewhere. We hear the stories of what was the woman's name that was a Sunday school teacher of like four guys that became like the mega world changers. And you're like, if I'm not this precious little Sunday school teacher, I'm nobody. Right. <laughs> well, no, that's not what we got to do. But, Allie, give me your shot at it. What conjures up in your mind when you hear disciple maker? I think of it almost like occupationally, like a, like a doctor who's in an office and there's a waiting room full of people that he's going to help. And so a disciple maker is somebody who's, you know, they have it together and they've got a, a line of people who are waiting to be discipled okay. by them. And then they yes. disciple that one and send them on in good health. <laughs> the next one's in and then they send them on where it's almost like this revolving door of people that I'm helping, which feels like a ton of pressure. It does. I am so with all your answers are just tremendous because they're what we feel. For me, what I feel is it's a Saturday morning. It's a training on how to go make disciples. And it's got kind of lukewarm coffee and a box of donuts filleted open there. And you come in, and it starts off strong, and in a few weeks, you hang around because you feel bad for the guy Mm. that's teaching it, and it's kind of dwindling down. It was to be a 10-week series, and then 
it's kind of done. And or disciple making is we do something like that ourselves. We open a book, we sit people down. It's kind of you. I like your analogy, Allie. It's the I'm I'm in the back room. You wait out here. Okay, now everybody come in and sit down at the feet of the discipler. Man, I don't want to sign up for that. No. Yeah. I we don't want that, do we? No. I, I we don't want that. And I feel for you, Boom Crew, because I think the picture that we've given ourselves is first off, it's knowledge based. It's about we got to know all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's not so much transformational. It's informational. Mm-hmm. And that's just deadly. So coming up here in a little bit, we're going to break down the central passage. The central passage is great. He's speaking to the disciples. And his last word is the Great Commission. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples. So he's telling disciples, go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What an incredible thing. Our God walks with us through this discipleship journey. But making disciples is not what we've thought. And I want to set you free (laughs) because I'm going to dig into this text a little bit. And we are going to get some freedom because I just got off the Sea of Galilee. And I'm going to tell you, it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot different than just lining people up in the waiting room or bringing them in for some stale donuts and bad coffee to duke it out around more knowledge that we got to learn. Amen. So what is it? We'll tell you coming up. Freedom Friday here on Carlin Crew Mornings. Living life for Jesus and having a blast in the process. We're Carling Crew Mornings. So it's not a doctor's office waiting room. It's not a revolving door of people coming out. It's not this crazy pressure to raise up the next Billy Graham. Being a disciple maker is something entirely different, right, Carl? Oh, it is. And I love this. Uh, You know, we're talking about the four attributes of a disciple. And the fact that the fourth one, and these are four, the only four references to disciple, which is used almost 300 times in the New Testament. It's the only four times you can find an explicit attribute attached to the word disciple. And in this case, he's talking to the disciple. It's, it's called the Great Commission. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So I want to reverse engineer this just for a second, guys, and then we'll break it down and see where God takes us from here. First off, it is God who's with you, God who empowers you, God who's going to support you, God who's going to deposit the nuggets in you. It is him. He is the one who is working in us. Isn't that freeing? I yes. mean, come on. Yeah. So we freeing. Just take that at face value. Pressure's guys. off. The Yes, young thunder. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Give him give him a gold star. Give <laughs> yes. that kid a gold Done. star. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's this is God's work. Reverse engineering, coming back up through the text, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, this could get a little dicey and you think, oh boy, teaching them. Here's what's the most what's the most important prerequisite of being a teacher? 
If you guys get this, you get major bonus points. The most basic <laughs> prerequisite for being a teacher. Um, I would say being a learner. Okay, being a learner. That's mm-hmm. good. I, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't be a teacher if you haven't been a learner. I, I would say to be able to express whatever you're teaching in a clear manner. Okay, to, t- to give it to them in a clear manner. Mm-hmm. I'm even going more basic than that. This is oh. like... Barnyard, McCready's barn, basic. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got to be prepared. You got to know what it is you're teaching and, and be prepared to teach it. Okay. You, you hit a word that I'm going to use because that's really close. But in most basic terms, the prerequisite for teaching is you got to know stuff. Yeah. 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 You're right. You got to know some stuff. There you go. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I, if I want to learn how to shoot a three-pointer, I'm going to go to Henry. I, I I have his cell phone. I don't have the guys. I don't have a lot of good basketball players numbers in my phone. But if I've got to learn how to shoot three pointers, I'm going to call Allie's husband, Henry. And and Henry's such a gracious guy. He might even give me a little court time. But I'd <laughs> say now, And by the way, I'm not going to do this. I'm too old to be draining threes. I don't need to do that. I'm okay. When I get to glory, I'm going to be great on the court. It's going to be great. But if I need to learn how to shoot threes, I'm going to call Henry. Why? Henry knows how to shoot threes. He knows the mechanics, doesn't he, Allie? Oh, know yeah. the mechanics. Mm-hmm. He's got, me- and there's mechanics involved, isn't there, Very Allie? much so. It's a very detailed process. It is not just chucking a ball up at the rim. Boom, sister. I did the ball chucking thing. You know what it got me? <laughs> Second string on JV. So that, that's what chucking the ball will do. So, yeah, so if you're going to learn how to shoot a three, I call Henry. Now, here's the encouraging thing here. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. This is the only weightiness, knowing that God's behind us on this thing. This is the only weightiness about it. Some of you say, I I can't be a disciple maker. I mean, I, I don't know everything about the word. Find something you do know. Find an aspect of the Christian life that you get. Become an expert on finding rest in Christ. Become an expert on spiritual identity. And you know what's going to happen? And there's 4,000 subheadings of things that you can know about what Jesus taught. But become an expert on that. And now you are on the road to disciple making. Don't take to glory what you've been learning. Bottom line. You know some stuff, Boom Crew. I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, you. You know some stuff. And all God calls us to do to authenticate our discipleship is to be someone who trusts the power of God who's with us and to find someone out there. And this is where you get on your knees and pray and go, God, I mean, Super Die, you have learned so much about some tough stuff. I'm not even going to go through it. You've shared your testimony yeah. in the past, but you've learned so much about tough stuff. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Stuff. Uh, okay. I didn't you've, want to, you've, but I did. You've learned some stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The memory verses that you have on your heart, I heard one of your, uh, what do you call those super die moments, sister? What are, what oh, are those? Oh, let's dialogue. Let's dialogue. Yeah, let's, let's dialogue. dialogue. Yeah. Your let's dialogue. I heard one yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? She knows some stuff. 
And what you know, the stuff you know is the stuff you can give away. And here's what will happen. You give away the stuff you know to people that want to know it. And you'll be more motivated to learn some more stuff. Because the first prerequisite of teaching is you just got to know some stuff. But when you know some stuff, Katie, bar the door. You're on the path to making disciples. Wouldn't I know you that. Say, wouldn't you say that this is often going to come out of areas that have been a challenge for you? Like what you've leaned into because you needed it will then be what you turn and teach someone else? Big time. I mean, I'm a recovering addict. And I will be this forthcoming. I have a type A personality. I can get addicted to... Mr. Pin Sleek Acid-Free Gel Highlighters. Okay, I've got one here in my hand. I, I can, I, I've just got this personality where I can get, whoa, yeah, I'm grabbing onto that thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here's the thing. When it comes to addiction, I know how to help people get over this stuff mm-hmm. because God's given me victory. Now, you might be a, you might be a recovering serial gossiper. And God's given you victory. You know some stuff. You might be a person that's done a deep dive on the power of the Holy Spirit. You know some stuff. And as you give that stuff away, look out. Now, don't give stuff away that you don't know. That's called faking it. Don't do that. There's someone else in the body of Christ. Because, see, we're doing this as a community, too. Right. He said to all the disciples, go and make disciples. I know that among those disciples, there were, I I know because I know human nature. There were guys that were stronger in one area, weaker in another, and some other guys picked up the slack where others were weak. That's just the way the body of Christ works. So I got to tell you, I've, I've sought out mentoring this way. I don't go to one stop shop for guidance and different things. I've got in my phone right now, I've got probably 40 names I could call for 40 different topics if I need some discipling myself in a certain area. Isn't that freeing? Totally. Totally. And it's, I'm glad you said that, that it's, you go to different people. If you are wanting to learn more about how to really study the Bible, you're likely to go to somebody who's studied the Bible for a lot of years. Your number one hub for freedom stories. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, if you missed last night's webinar with Carl, you've got one more shot at it. He's going to be taking a small group of folks through the co- his coaching of the Seven Resolutions, which is the book that he put out last last year. Where God's now, give me the subtitle. I'm messing it up this morning, Carl. Where self help ends and, and God's, God's power, power begins. begins. That's it. So, if that's something you need in your life, or you want a vision for what this could look like, you need some support as you walk through trying to get free from those habits that have plagued you. Maybe you've s- settled for it being unwinnable. I want you to text the word 7 to 312-274-9624. The last one for this month is going to be tomorrow morning. Totally free to get the information. Just text the word 7 to 312-274-9624. Phone lines are filling up this morning with this question. What was the first thing you learned when God set you free? Let's start with Jim from Glen Ellen. What was the first thing you learned? First thing I learned, I, I went to uh, I went to 
Sunday school with some friends in college who wanted to uh, see me come to Christ. And the guy was teaching from the Bible, and for the first time in my life, I realized this is relevant wow. and it's practical. That's simple. Jim, that's awesome. Jim calling in for this morning from Glen Ellen. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there. I think we got it, though. God's word is relevant and practical. You know, before you come to know Jesus, you may think of the Bible as some book. Maybe it's historical. Maybe it collected dust on your grandma's table. But then all of a sudden you see it differently. It comes alive to you. Kevin from Earlville, what do you say? What was the first thing you learned when God set you free? Giving is a pleasure, not a burden. Ooh, what was the before for you? What did you think giving was? It was burdensome? I thought giving was required before. And now as I give, uh, the pleasure comes that I can see the, the, the work that Moody does around the world, which is what I give from that. And not only my tithing, but I give my time, my talents, and my, uh, uh, my, my money to uh, the Lord for his service. Fantastic. Wow. Kevin, thank you for calling in this morning. I'm going to keep going because we got some phone calls. I want to get you in as well. What's the first thing you learned when God set you free? 312-274-9624. Teresa from Antioch, tell us. Um, I was 18 when I was saved. I had been taught about God. I believed in God. I knew he was all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful. But in the moment of my prayer, um, of just admitting my need for him, there was his presence yeah. in a way that I had never experienced. And I am so grateful for that presence. And I know there are some days when I'm not really that aware of it because I'm so used to it and I don't have my focus in the right place, but I know that he is always with me. And I, it, it's just, it's totally different. It's not the same thing. Knowing about him and believing he exists and surrendering your heart to him and by his spirit and, and being filled with that spirit so that you can actually be him in his presence in that way, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. So I would just want to say, people, if all you, all you have is a belief and a knowledge about him, make sure you have also his presence by surrender. Sweet. Teresa from Antioch. Carl, what do you think about that? Come on. I love that. Even Kevin's before, and all of these have been tremendous. It's it's funny. Uh, I was initially thinking, you know, maybe that movement from that point of transformation to that next few days. But, you know, it's, it's good. What you learn in that moment is so unique to the needs of those people. And here's why. That's how personal God is. That's how personal our Savior is. He reaches into your life. He saves you. And then you're illuminated. You learn. And in Teresa's sense, oh, my goodness. I knew he was omniscient. I knew he was omnipotent. She could pass tests on all that. But she didn't know how personal he was. That's rich stuff, man. Really is. Let's get back to the phone. We've got Leslie from Irving, Texas. Leslie, are you listening (laughs) online or on the app this morning? I am. I'm listening on TuneIn Radio. Yeah. Fantastic. What was the first thing <laughs> yeah. you learned when God set you free? I learned, I just couldn't believe he loved me, honestly. Mm. I just, I, I grew up going to church all my life, you know, and I was raised to be a good girl and all with all with that means. And uh, it wasn't until college and I was just like, what is the heck is the purpose of life? There has to be more. Yeah. There has to be more than what I see, you know? Um 
And then I was going to a campus ministry and it was just like, it all clicked. And I just, he was teaching on Ephesians chapter one and one and two. And, and I was just like, what? He, he chose me. He set me apart. He loves me. I didn't have to do anything to earn it. I'm like, um, I just, I just wept and I, yeah, I haven't been the same since. So praise be to God. <laughs> wow. Leslie, sweet story. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you really come to a deep soul awareness that you are loved by God. Carl, I think everything changes when you finally see yourself as lovable. Yeah. And it's Teresa who just called in, Allie, and it just prompted me. I thought, you know, that's that's a Holy Spirit moment there. I just felt, woo, I'm going to go to Ephesians and share the gospel. So I, want to, I got some good news for you. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're new tuning in for the first time. I don't care if you've been listening here for forever. You got to come to grips with this, that it is not a mere head knowledge belief. Something has to land in your soul. And if we go to Ephesians 1, look at what we find here. I'm going to just give you a few in hymns. This is in Christ. We have, Paul says, the redemption through his blood. In other words, we've been redeemed, paid for, all our sin washed away. And this is all because of his rich grace, the power of God, that he didn't just give us. You ready for this? He lavished on you. Have you ever felt that? Lavished grace on you? Yeah, I'm talking to you right now this morning. It goes on from there. That there's a plan for our life. That he's going to pull everything together, things in heaven and on earth. That confidence that he's got the whole world in his hands and you too. In him, Paul goes on to say, we have obtained an inheritance predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. In other words, it has been predetermined. God's will for you is today to find life in the name of Jesus. Verse 13, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is a guarantee of our inheritance. In other words, nothing can take back what God gives you. You've been sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I got to tell you, this is so much more than going to church. This is coming to Jesus. And right now, I want you to give your life to this, who Paul writes about, that we have in him. If you don't have those things in him, today is your day. Today is your Freedom Friday. Today is the day of salvation. Just pray with me, Jesus. I give my life to you, every bit of it. I need redemption. I need someone to give me redemption for my sin. I'm willing to admit it. I've got sin. Save me. God, there's an inheritance that you've given me. I want it. There is a hope of salvation. There is a security in you that can never be stolen away. I don't want to fear whether or not I know you again. I want to say today, I want you to be my leader. And I'm asking you to confirm it according to your word that I'm your child for the first time ever. 
If you are praying a prayer like that in your soul, total abandonment to the leadership of Jesus Christ in your life today, you acknowledge your sin and you're ready for the Savior to work. I just want you to text the word welcome right now. Welcome to the family. I I guarantee you what's happening right now is there is a weight being lifted off your shoulders because that is what happens when we come to Jesus. He said, come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And he's giving you rest right now. If that's you, first time ever, never before have you surrendered totally your life to Christ. But today is your day. Welcome. And we want to welcome you in grand fashion. We've got a cool little thing we want to send you, and Allie's got it for you right now. Just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. This is just a quick little read that's going to give you some a little bit of encouragement, some practical next steps. So if that's you, just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. Coming up, we're going to do some shout-outs to those who are joining the family today. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. What was the first thing that you learned when God set you free? It's been cool hearing your answers this morning on Freedom Friday. Carl, what would you say is the first thing that you learned when God set you free back in 19, February 11th of 1984, if I'm not mistaken? You certainly aren't. Um, Book of Romans chapter six, seven, and eight, I started digging into right away. And the reality of the new birth miracle knocked me over. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there reading this theology letter by Paul and I'm going, Oh my goodness, this is my story. It's right here. It's written before (laughs) I, it's right here. When, when we go from death to life and we were slaves to sin, but now we're bond servants of Jesus Christ. I, I read that and I'm like, oh, that's, that's what God's, that's, that's the reality of salvation. So that's the first thing I learned. Okay. Let's go back to the phone. Sylvia, thanks for holding on. Sylvia from Dundee. What was the first thing that you learned when God set you free? Hi, you guys. Morning. I would have to say this great love and peace. The love that God lavishes upon us, which I understood when he drew me to him, but I didn't know about the peace. Really? (laughs) The peace. The peace. Awesome. Sylvia. so many people are looking for. It's the peace. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in this morning, Sylvia from Dundee. Let's go to Sharon from Chicago. Sharon, what do you say on this? What was the first thing that you learned when God really set you free? Excuse me. I learned that nothing is too hard for God. Mm. He is. He. Um, I was at a place in my life where there was so much toil, turmoil, but He gave the peace that never left me till today. And it's so fittingly appropriate that you're doing this this week or today, because this is also the week. Uh, this is the time when Dr. Martin Luther is being celebrated, and one of his things was in his speech. Uh, darkness cannot drive away darkness. Only light can do it. So when Jesus came into my life, he gave me a peace that never left me till today. It was a darkness to light difference. Thank you all. Sharon, thank you so much from Chicago. Wow, Carl, I know you I know you want to jump in here. 
Yeah, I want to jump in a car and head down to the studio and give everyone high fives. Is what <laughs> I want to do. I know. Love it. Oh. That's just good stuff, man. If that, if that doesn't fire you up, you, you got, got wet, wet wood. Just tuning in? Hear what you missed with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just go to carlandcrew.org. So what was the first thing you learned when you came to faith in Christ? Maybe you learned about your identity in him for the first time. Let's go back to the phones. Victor from Chicago, thanks for holding on. What did you learn? What was the first thing you learned when God set you free? God bless you, Sister Ali. Thank you. And God bless my brother, Scott. He knows my country, Honduras. And that uh, happened yeah. You remember Honduras, oh, right? Oh, Tegucigalpa is one of my favorite cities, man. Yeah, I grew up right there in Tegucigalpa. I, I, uh, I served in the, uh, the Casa Presidencial. My, uh, my military service happened right there. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. What's your story, oh, my man? My very first, I had two principal issues. One issue was the power of God, and the other issue I had was uh, uh, if God can speak through a person, because uh, I, I had some two, those two problems. And then I had the experience with, with the power of God when he set me free. Mm-hmm. I was a slave of a nicotine. I was a slave of that. I speak too dirty, you know, I swear in too much. And I was a slave. I play in car by betting, you know, losing my money. I had so many issues. And then when I surrendered my life to Jesus, uh, he set me free. And then I experienced the power of God. He set me free too, from day from that day to now. I never, you know, I'm, I'm free. And the second one is I can speak through a person. Mm-hmm. I remember the lady was preaching, and then she was talking all about me. It's like a snitching from my family, go and then tell all my life, you know, and then... I understood later on that message was for me. God was using the lady to speak about uh, my life, to, to help me, you know, to, you know. I had those two issues, and then God solved it. <laughs> Victor from Chicago, awesome. Thanks for calling in. Learned two things, that God has the power to break chains and bring freedom. And then number two, God can speak through other people. Had a woman give him a message, and reala- he realized, hey, that, that's a word of the Lord for me. Squeeze in one more call here. Donna from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Thanks for listening this morning. What was the first thing that you learned when God set you free? Uh, Good morning. The first thing that I learned when I got saved was that sanctification is a process. When I first got saved, I thought, oh, I got to do everything perfect. I got to do ABC and I got to quit doing XYZ like all on the same day. And it just set me up for, for failure and feeling like I, I wasn't going to be able to do it because I, I can't do everything good and everything, get rid of everything bad all at one time. And he just uh, impressed upon me that if you let, come to me, I will let you know what I need to be, what you need to be working on. I will search your heart. I will show you. This is a process. Become more like me is a process. It's not then very next day, you're this perfect person. You will never be able to live up with that. You will always be disappointed. You know, reading the fruits of the Spirit, I'm like, I, well, I certainly wasn't joyful today. Well, I certainly didn't do that today. And I always <laughs> constantly felt like I was a failure. And he's like, well, those are fruits of the Spirit. So if you are letting me in your life and, and you are acting out of the Spirit, that will naturally come. You don't have to work 
this hard. Let me just come to me. And also I will give you rest too. There are, there's no condemnation once you come to me and I will let you rest in me too. So it's a process. It's a day by day. My mercies are new every morning, every morning come to me and we'll work on this together. And it changed my walk with him completely. I didn't feel guilt. I didn't feel like such a failure. So that's what I learned that it, sanctification was a process. Donna from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Carl, that's so true. It's yeah. so important to grab a hold of. Yeah. And if you can learn that early, I mean, oh, come on, this is my whole life revolves around what she's talking about because it's, you know, I, I was, I like to say I've been saved twice and then I make sure I dodge stones from people who think I'm a heretic because you can't be born again twice. You're born again once. But then you get saved from things. And the second thing I was saved from was what she, Donna was saved from. And that is the striving in your own strength, man. And when you can learn that early on, whoo, Katie bar the door. You're on the right path. So as we're talking about the attributes of a disciple of Jesus Christ, Carl's got a story that's going to help set up number four. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. How about a little story time? help set up our topic today Carl. love story time all right come on i gotta take you to alaska oh yes like yes this, this could have happened anywhere it's not really alaska oh, okay. but it's my childhood i was an ambitious kid i was an entrepreneur i was always doing something but i had a certain level of trepidation about stuff and my dad knew that and he for me you know wasn't a big guy but when you're a little guy your dad's huge and always so, and he was six one, so it's bigger than average for sure. And yeah. he was just a strong man, always worked really hard and just strong dude, just a sense of real security for me, real bolstering of my confidence as a young guy. And at the age of 14, uh, we could go get jobs in Alaska. Uh, can you get jobs here in Indiana, Superdye, Indiana? You can get them as young 15. as like 15? 15. Okay, so it was mm-hmm. like four, it was 14. And I went down and I told my dad, I said, I want to be a box boy. And I I said, I want to make some real money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> and uh, dad said, all right, so where do you want to apply? And uh, there was one grocery store that was really famous for having these phenomenal box boys. They were famous for them. These guys were amazing. And they were all older dudes, like older. You know, they, they were like 17, 18, mm, 19 years okay. old. <laughs> So I said, I want to go down and apply at cars. He said, right on. You can do it. And we're driving down there one day, and just a couple of days after I let him know that. Got my application in hand, and I think Dad could tell I was nervous. And we got to the parking lot. I'll never forget it. And he didn't pull up in the front. He pulled into the back. He says, I want to talk to you for a second, son. I said, what's up, Dad? He goes, I know you're a little bit nervous about going in there and asking for a job. But I want you to know you got all the right stuff. Oh. And you're going to do fine. Oh, makes me cry right now thinking about it. He said, you're going to do fine in there. He said, you go in there, you just be yourself, and uh, you're going to get a job. And I walk in, and man, I'm so glad he said that to me because I walk in I said hey you know I'm still a little bit nervous I said hey I'm looking to apply for a job here and that gets the attention of the people at the cashier they're like that kid over there that little skinny redheaded <laughs> kid he's wanting a job here 
And they said, just wait up in that booth right there. Moon will be with you in a moment. Moon. I'm like, Moon. Great well, the cat, name. The guy's name was Moon Barrett. And here comes Moon. Moon was huge. And he had this booming voice. And I'm standing in this, you know, the elevated area around the teller area that's always kind of, it used to be elevated. I don't know why it's elevated. That's where they put the cash. So I'm standing up in this elevated area and Moon walks in and I put out my hand. I gave him a firm handshake. I said, Mr. Mr. Barrett, my name's Carl Clausen and I'd like to be a box boy here for cars. And he says, well, you're off to a good start. That's a good handshake. <laughs> and then we went through all the proceedings and, and uh, he did the interview and I got the job. Not everyone did, but I got the job after he asked a few questions of me. I mean, you know, it's not like he's going over my whole resume here. Guys, I'm 14, okay? So he's asking some pretty basic questions of me. But I got the job, and I went out to the car, and I said, I got the job, Dad. He said, I knew you would. Oh. Now, what's that have to do with being a disciple who is a disciple maker? Here is what it is. In Matthew 28 and 18, we find this word, go, therefore, and make disciples. And then the back end, it says, I am with you always to the end of the age. And you know what? When you go and make disciples, you got this heavenly father who's sitting there with you going, get in there, get out there. You go, and I got you, and I've equipped you. And you got everything you need. You can do the job. So from my dad's heart and from the Heavenly Father's heart to your heart, go, therefore, and make disciples. I love that story. You know, just let that sit for a minute. Yeah, that's but, great. Yeah. You know, you think about the, the confidence that you felt going in there because your dad kind of equipped you. And told you, hey, you can do this, and I'm I'm out here, and he, and you come back out, and he says, yeah, I knew I knew you could do it. I mean, that's such a healthy, functional father. And and how much more so our heavenly father? How much father. more so our heavenly father? My goodness, it's Freedom Friday here on Carl and Crew Mornings. You needed to hear that this morning, right? You needed to hear that somebody's telling you this morning that your heavenly father's telling you, go, go, I got you. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Just put a resource up there for you if you've been following along or maybe you've missed some of these four attributes of a disciple of Jesus Christ we've been talking about this week. Check out on Facebook. I've got each day broken down with the verse so you can do some deep dive on your own. Carl, it's good to take this information in, but sometimes we realize people are on the go. They're driving. It's good to revisit it later. It is. I'm so glad you put that up there. It's just a simple little resource. Check it out and commit it to memory. I've got these not only highlighted in my Bible, but I actually make a reference point. I've ordered them in the same number that we presented them, and I wrote in the margins attribute number one, number two, and I write where the reference is, just the the book and the chapter. Find a way to put these as hooks to see how you're doing. Use it as a resource, but I'm glad you put it up. Check us out, Carl and Crew, Carl with a K, on Facebook and Instagram. Mm. 
Got lots of feedback coming in from you on this question. What was that first thing that you learned when God set you free? 2947 says, what I learned when Jesus set me free was that his grace is sufficient for me, that he'll never leave me or forsake me, and that he loves me. What do you say? We'll take calls and texts on this one. 312-274-9624. We've got another Carl calling in from Wooddale. Carl, tell us, what was the first thing you learned when God set you free? Well, I was a uh, uh, raised in a parochial school, parochial church, and um, I got saved when the youth leader uh, presented the gospel to me and and a friend also. I said yes. He said no. Our lives are drastically different. But I was, as the scales came off my eyes, I opened up uh, the word to James because I was encouraged to read the Bible. And here is this awesome offer. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I was, I hit me so deep in my soul because the God of the universe wants to draw near to me. So um, with that, radically affecting my life when I was early in high school. I'm near retirement now. Yeah. It just keeps coming back. Mm. Carl from Woodale. Lean lean into God. Lean into him. Good word there, Carl from Wooddale. Thanks for calling in this morning. Lean into him. That's a good word. Uh, Bert from Forest Park, let's squeeze you in here before we have to get news. What was that first thing that you learned when God set you free? Hey, that's so great. Thanks for taking the call and love you all for all you do. Hey, I also have to add PSA. I'm one of Allie's interviewees from Snapshot Testimony. Oh, yeah, Bert. Hey. Great. That's me. Hey, the thing that's great about that and to why they need to listen is that's the word made alive. And it ties right into what I'm telling you. What first happened to me is that God's word is not only alive, but it's true. So when he says cast your cares upon him, he means it. When he says be anxious for nothing. He means it. When he says his word doesn't come back void, he really means it. And you just got to trust him all the way through. Bert from Forest Park, thank you so much for, for the encouragement and for your story this morning. Carl, what do you say? Boom. That's what I say. Oh, these we are need awesome. one of those. Yes, these are awesome. That's why we call you the Boom Crew, guys. I should have been booming you all morning long, but that's... <laughs> we'll give a little grace. You've been that's sick. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tremendous stuff, man. This is... This is a fun question today, Allie. It is, and I'm I'm amazed by the responses and how uh, the variety. For some people, it's a, maybe a verse, but for many people, it's an awareness of, ironically, some attribute of God that they yeah. become aware of, the, the love of God, the yeah. sovereignty of God. What was it for you? We'll continue. We're going to carry this over to the next half hour. What was the first thing you learned when God set you free? 312-274-9624. Living life for Jesus and having a blast in the process. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Hey, quick heads up. If you missed last night's webinar, Carl's been hosting these webinars really to cast a vision for this coaching that's available. It's in partnership with T7R, The Seven Resolutions. That's the book uh, that he released. If you've grown accustomed to bad habits or there are some things that you've been battling for so long that you've just decided, this one, I'm not winning. If that's you, then this coaching is for you. This webinar is totally free. You're going to jump on it. You can do it anonymously. Nobody's going to see you. 
get the vision for it, and then you'll be able to decide if the Lord would have you move forward. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. is the next, the last one for January. So if you want to jump on that, you just got to get signed up. Text the word 7 to 312-274-9624. Text the word 7 to 312-274-9624. And help sweeten the deal if you do decide to attend the webinar and move forward with the coaching. You're going to get a free signed copy of Carl's book, The Seven Resolutions. So just another reason to get the information and move forward with it. Text the word 7 to 312-274-9624. Carl, what you got? Oh, man, I'm fired up. Freedom Friday. This has been an awesome day here. Hasn't this been a good one? It's been a it good really day. Has been. Yeah, just sweet. Just thrilled. Um, got a lot of things on my heart. I don't want to skip past this. I think I'll share it now. Uh, can we, do we have time to talk about March for Life real quick? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. March for Life today in D.C. It's a big deal. I'm so proud of Tody Dungy. He's going to be there uh, at March for Life. And, oh, I was in a fog of a flu here. And he had announced a couple of days ago that he was going to be at this. And then he is getting blasted, guys, on the Internet. Yeah. Oh, just really? blasted. I mean, Twitter is crucifying this guy. They're calling him things like you can't believe. Wow. Because he's marching for life. That's where we are now. So I just want to pray in a moment here for the March for Life and for all of us that will have our hearts turned together toward God. And here's why. When I was in Israel, I saw a really sobering reality through archaeological digs and the study of the scriptures. When babies were sacrificed, now I want to preface this, what I'm going to say with this, God's grace is so powerful that if you've been a part of an abortion in any way, green lighting it, actually going in and having that done, God's grace is sufficient and he loves you and I do too. And it's okay. God's got a new day for you. But as a nation, the nation of Israel green-lighted as a nation the sacrifice of firstborn babies for two kingships, Manasseh and Ammon. It was a horrific time for the nation of Israel. They neglected the word of God. They had nothing to do with them. They did what was right in their own eyes. What they did was wrong in God's eyes. And I'll tell you what, kings came down and the nation was spared only because a righteous king, a guy known as Josiah, who's known in the scriptures as the greatest king who ever lived, greatest king of Israel ever, is Josiah. And he said, even though my brothers and my relatives from my granddad were lost in the flames and sacrificed to Molech, we will do this no longer. And God's not sitting in judgment over our nation. But man, there's tears shed in heaven. And uh, I just want to offer up a prayer for Tony Dungy, who's catching heat for even being at this rally. Franklin Graham, others, many others are going to be there. 
But Father, I thank you for the Tonys of this world that are willing to really put a lot of things on the line, even career, for the sake of your glory and for the good of people. And I pray, Father, that the March for Life would be a grand success in spiritual ways. Lord, that people would not see anger. They would see, as we've seen year after year as this has come down, loving, caring people who love you with their whole heart. And we know that some are so shaken a fist at you that no matter how much love they see, they will not turn. But Lord, some will. So turn hearts toward home and protect Tony, protect his wife, protect his family, and give them peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad that you paused to do that because it's, you know, it's, it's important to be aware of what's going on, you know, locally, nationally, globally. I mean, God is, there's, God is at work every moment of every day, and sometimes we lose sight of it, we don't perceive it. But today there's a celebration of life, and there's nothing more that points to the glory of God than a new life being born. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. I like that one. Carl, what do you think of that spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race? You know, I was never a NASCAR fan until today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I, I like that. I like that a lot. That's, you know, that's kind of what we are. We aren't the church. We're an expression of the church because we're in the body of Christ. But, man, if we could be that place where you come along, get refueled, get your tires changed, get, the, get a little windshield wipe and get you on your way, right on. Mm-hmm. Fired up to do it, Allie. What was the first thing you learned when God set you free? Got some text messages I want to go through. Uh, 1741 says, the first thing I learned was that he is always with me and he loves me no matter what. That's awesome. 6398, I learned first to be still and to wait for the Lord. Oh, that's such a good lesson to learn. Let me go through a couple more. At 6214, I realized that his grace made me new and that the past is in the past. He gave me a fresh start. Whoo, that's Those a good, good one. I Ella from Hickory Hills, yeah. let's bring you in here. What's the first thing you learned when God set you free? Good morning. So the first thing I've learned is that he is all that I need. I was a young widow and I always wanted to remarry. And it's been 17 years since my husband passed away. But I have everything because Jesus is all I need. And if he has someone for me, he will put that person in my life. But I'm fine without even a mate because Jesus is everything. Mm. Ella, thank you so much for calling in this morning. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, what a treat we have this morning. I want to introduce you to a special guest. He's a friend of our program. His name is Chris Baker. He's the founder of Inc. 180, which we're going to tell you about here in just a minute. It is National Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month. So this is just an awesome time to spotlight ministries that are doing incredible work on the front lines. Chris, first, just give us an overview for those who are brand new and don't know you or Inc. 180. This is a pretty unique ministry. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Allie. Inc. 180 uh, was founded back in 2011, and basically what we do, we're a tattoo shop with a purpose. 
Christian Tattoo Shop, we remove and cover tattoos absolutely free of charge for people that are leaving gang life and going in a better direction. Survivors of sex trafficking who were branded by their pimps or traffickers. Domestic violence survivors who have tattoos or scars from that time period that they want to cover up. Um, and self-harm survivors. Mm. Specifically with trafficking, for those who may not be aware, what is the link between tattoos and the trafficking industry? Yeah, about um, about 10 years ago, I was in a meeting with Homeland Security's gang unit, and then the, their trafficking team sat in on it, and they started showing me pictures of women, mostly women, uh, some males who were being trafficked, um, but they were being tattooed and marked as property. We saw things like barcode tattoos, uh, just to tell them like, hey, you're a piece of product that I could buy, sell, trade, or throw you away whenever I feel like it. Mm. Uh, we see pimps' names, just vulgar images and words scrawled on them with tattoos and also gang symbols because gangs are very prevalent in the world of trafficking at this point. So, Chris, how do you get into work like this? Give us a little bit of your own story. Well, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles uh, in gang neighborhoods, and I was not about that life. And, you know, all my friends seemed to be involved in gangs uh, when I was growing up, but I was an artist and uh, I I started doing tattoos on my mom's front porch with her sewing kit at 15. And Whoa. that's that's how I stayed alive in South Central Los Angeles in the 80s. And, uh, you know, I, I lost a lot of friends growing up due to their activity. And uh, my best friend, Dante, had been in jail and actually had found Christ when he was incarcerated and got out and, and he was telling us all about it. And we we're all, you know, a bunch of knucklehead guys and we're like yeah well whatever whatever you know you kind of come back to your old life and stuff and that night he was he was shot and killed in a drive-by shooting wow. and I was about three feet away from him and my best friend planted a seed in, in my heart that day that didn't take root until I moved my family here to Illinois but he passed away that night and um, when I moved here with my family to Chicago we'd watch the news every night and you know kind of in between the the Bears score and the weather report, they would talk briefly about how many kids were shot on the south and west sides. Mm -hmm. And I got angry. And, you know, I, I got faith in my life about that time. And I used to be one of those people that would sit around and watch that stuff and say, man, somebody's got to do something about this. This is ridiculous. And then when Jesus started the transformation process in my heart, he said, hey, wake up. You are somebody. And I want you to go use the gifts that you've been given to help make an impact. Wow. And that was that was the birth of Inc. 180. Now, you just recently got a pretty cool award. The Inc. 180 got the 2022 FBI Director's Award for Community Service. First of all, congratulations. Thank um, you. Just, this is the 10th year you've been doing this, the 10th year of the ministry. Describe what that what that means to you. That's sort of uh, recognition. I know you don't do it for that, but wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's always nice to be recognized by people that you just great, greatly respect. And the work that the FBI does in, in rescuing and recovering uh, those who are being victimized is just tremendous. So definitely a, a huge honor that we give to God. Uh, but yeah, we've been doing this for 10 years. We've helped over 10,000 people free of charge, given away over $1.5 million in free service. And it's just the most tremendous blessing in my life besides my wife and my kids. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like I get to see Jesus work in people right next to them mm. and hear their story of transformation, what, what God's doing in their lives. It's, it's a huge blessing to us to be able to do this work. You know, so coming up, let's get some stories from from Chris Baker, the founder of Inc. 180. It's one thing to talk about the work that's being done and even about awards, but there are real lives, real people who are being impacted by this ministry. Stories from Chris Baker coming up. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. 
We've got Chris Baker with us this morning, founder of Inc. 180 in Oswego. And it's an incredible ministry that does uh, offers real second chances to those who have have unwanted tattoos, whether it's uh, from gang association or trafficking. It is National Sex Trafficking Awareness Prevention Month. Uh, Chris, give us give us some stories. Uh, a young woman or sometimes a young man walks into your uh, your tattoo shop. And how does the conversation usually start? Well, they're, they're very delicate, especially when it comes to trafficking survivors. Uh, I don't ever want to say or, or ask anything that could trigger their, you know, most of the time the survivors have a certain level of PTSD, usually quite severe. So it's a very delicate conversation. But, you know, once they become comfortable with us, which is pretty quick, they start telling us what they went through, but not just what they went through, but kind of where they're at now and where they dream to be in the future. And that's the other beautiful thing about it is we get to hear that play out and then we get to follow up with them and, and help come alongside them and offer them support, whether it's from us or other organizations that we partner with and help those dreams kind of come to fruition. Yeah. We had a young woman, um, we'll call her Jennifer for the sake of this conversation. She lived in a neighboring state and was trafficked for six years, Wow. was covered in a sting operation, went through a safe house that we partner with did tremendous. Um, She was addicted to drugs when she was being trafficked, which is a pretty common thing. So another way that the traffickers keep them doing what they have them doing. She got clean, sober, and just did tremendous through her whole safe house situation. And you know, when I I sit and listen to their stories, they're brutal. Um, It keeps me going to counseling because I have to offload it to somebody or I become very hardened Mm -hmm. by their stories. And when I do, you know, I kind of sit back and talk to my wife about it afterwards. And I'm like, man, if I don't know how I would be if that was me. I don't know if I'd want to just go live in a cabin in the woods somewhere and just cut myself off from society. But this young woman did some really amazing things. Uh, she went to lawmakers in her state and proposed a bill to create a program called John School. So anytime someone was convicted of attempting to buy sex, they had to go through an eight-week program where they learned about sex trafficking and all the things tied wow. to it as an educational experience. Similar to like when people get a DUI, they have to mm-hmm. take classes. Yeah. So she got that bill passed unanimously in her state, and then she went and did the work of creating the program. And it was amazing because she called me and she said, hey, I want to send you this draft and see what you think. So I, I read through it and I was blown away. I thought it was incredible. And something that should be done in every state, which is something that's in process right now. But about six months later, she called me. I was going to be in her state doing some cover-ups for other survivors. And she called me and said, hey, why don't you go to this place? They're going to do the first classes. Why don't you go check it out? You can just observe. I did. So I walk in. It's in a college campus in a lecture hall. I walk down the stairs and I, I hear the speaker kind of starting and doing an intro. And I look and it's her. Oh, wow. So, Not only did she survive this, she's thrived through it. She wrote this program, got it passed into law, and teaches it. So these men that come face-to-face with the reality of what they've done have to listen to her tell them for eight weeks kind of the whole story, what they didn't know. Mm. It's just an incredible thing to, to observe. My goodness. What an incredible story. So you get to come alongside someone who needs those marks removed because that's part of the transformation, right? I mean, the work is happening on the inside, but there's outside marks that they don't want anymore. That's right. We, the way we look at it, we say that uh, 
Jesus heals their heart and soul and we heal their skin and we meet in the middle. Wow. That's the way we look at it. Now, there's a uh, big football game coming up next month and you're going to be headed there. Tell us why. Yeah, we go to the Super Bowl every year, um, wherever it is. And trafficking is a huge issue at the Super Bowl because if you look at it, you know, we've all been priced out of going to the Super Bowl. I could never afford to go to the game. But it's it's become a corporate trip, which makes it kind of a boys trip, right? So big corporations will take their top 10 or 15 clients out and they just make a weekend of it. And guys with money and no supervision sometimes will do some very terrible things. Mm. So pimps and traffickers will descend on that city and bring their those that they're selling. And we work with law enforcement to help them go out, locate and bring them in, um, make arrests where needed on, on the Johns and the traffickers, but recover those who are being trafficked. And we've been doing that for the last nine years. Chris, I thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I know if you're listening, maybe this conversation is uncomfortable for you. Maybe it feels graphic. This is the reality of what's happening. This is not just happening overseas. This is happening in neighborhoods. The one that you live in, the one that I live in, it's often a hidden thing that goes undetected until you see it. And when you see it, you can't look away. Chris, thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks so much, Allie. I appreciate you. Inc180.com. If you want more information or to donate to this incredible ministry, uh, important to mention that all of this work is done based on donations. The women, the young men who come in seeking this kind of assistance, they're never charged. So all of this is done by the support of those who believe in the work. So go to Inc180.com, Inc180.com. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.